Deacon helped Charlie and the others be mindful of was that sometimes when you pray, it's good to pray for little things. Because not only would Lincoln pray for the big things, like thank you for mommy and daddy, and what a blessing that is to have moms and dads who love us and the Lord. But Lincoln also said, thanks for my crayons, and little things like that. And so Charlie said, he said, that helped me remember that it's good to thank God for the little things too. And as he said that, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I hadn't thought about this in years and years and years. But you know what? Our boys, sorry guys, they used to do the same thing. When they were little guys, we were tucking them in in bed and they'd say their prayers before they went to bed. You know what they'd do? They would pray for parents and grandparents and there'd be a pause and they'd start looking around the room. God, thank you for that and thank you for that and thank you. You think little things around the room, right? Sometimes, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, we have to outgrow childish things. We've got to outgrow childish ways of thinking and childish ways of being. But in other respects, we need to routinely be more childlike. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, unless you turn and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. What you and I have to do is acknowledge that like children, we are dependent upon someone bigger and stronger than us to provide for us. That's what children have to do. Can you get me that? Can you get me something to eat? Can you take me to the... Kids need someone bigger to provide things for them. And so you and I need to recognize we depend on someone else for our provision and our blessings. But not only that, Kids can be impressed and be, in, be thankful for the little things. And too often as we get older, we stop being impressed by, by little things. Stop seeking them out. Stop looking for them. It's easy to miss the little things. Have you ever had your head down? Maybe you're in a car together. One person driving and maybe all the rest heads down. Maybe looking at a book, maybe looking at a phone, maybe just asleep. But when you're head down in the car, you know what you do? Miss all the beautiful things that you're going by, all the incredible things the Lord has made and given us. Maybe you're just too busy with the cares and the stresses of life. You know, it is possible to get busy with good things where you miss out on the best things. In Luke chapter 10, verses 40 through 42, you know, there's that situation where Jesus is at the home of Mary and Martha. Martha's so busy. She's doing good things. Boy, it is good to be hospitable. The Bible says that. It is good to provide food and things like that. The Bible says that. But Martha got so busy, she missed what was most important. There was Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus, drinking in the words of Christ. And Jesus said, this is my own parent. This little thing she's doing here, just sitting and listening, this won't be taken from her. This is good. Sometimes we get too busy with all the crazy things of life and we miss the little things. I want you to see what we're going to try and do over the next few minutes today is we're going to look and see that God has so much to say about things that are small, things that are light, things that are little, and about how we should see them. What you and I have to do is take note of our position of being between that which is, is huge and those things that are little. 
We've got to recognize our place. So what does God expect us to see when we examine the world and examine ourselves? I want to start with, with this idea. And we'll help this, you know, carry it with us as we go along. I've been told that a good Christian life is made up of good Christian days. And good Christian days are made up of good Christian moments because it's the little things. You see, if moment by moment, day by day, I'm mindful of who I am as I stand before God, I'll turn back and be able to reflect one day on the righteous, godly life that I've lived. Good Christian lives are built on good Christian days, which are built on good Christian moments. It's, it's those little things as we seek to serve God. And so we're going to break our lesson up into three things today. And the first thing we're going to think about is the fact that God expects us to be thankful for the little things. I mean, there is absolutely, there's no question, there's divine expectation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it begins at verse 16 saying this, Rejoice always. And the next verse says, Pray without ceasing. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will for you is that you'll be someone who rejoices, prays, and gives thanks. That should define you and me. And if that defines you and me, that means that defines each moment, each day, and builds up a righteous, godly life. Be looking for these things. In fact, in Luke 17, verse 17, this is the situation there in Luke 17 where these 10 lepers had come up to the Lord pleading for help. Restore us, heal us, help us. And Jesus says, go on your way, go show yourself to the priest. And as they're going, remember what happens? All ten lepers are healed. What does the Lord expect? He expects thanksgiving. He expects gratitude. Because nine just go on their way. One comes back. And in Luke 17, 17, that's exactly what Jesus says. Where are the nine? I healed ten of you. Why does only one come back? The expectation is when you've been healed, when you've been taken care of, when you've been blessed, the expectation is you will show your thanks and your gratitude. The Lord expects us to be thankful for all things, large or small. And so here's our challenge. Maybe you'll be turning in your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 4. Our challenge is to look at any and all things and give thanks. Let's read these verses together. Zechariah chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. He said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power. In other words, not by human strength, not by human ingenuity will the, the temple be built, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Anything that's a problem and a stumbling block before the Lord, God can take care of it. Stand before the biggest mountain, the biggest problem in the world, and God can flatten it. God can take the rockiest, ugliest paths and make them smooth. He says, Who are you, O great mountain? Well, before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, Grace to it, that, that top stone, that crowning piece would place upon the temple because God wants it to be so. Then it says this, verse 8. 
The word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. We seem to always be prone to overlooking the small, seemingly insignificant things. We underestimate what God can do. We underestimate what God expects. And we're to remember, according to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that God is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ever ask or think. And so he says here in Zechariah 4, piece by piece, day by day, little by little, the temple's going to be built. And so as, as this first day, remember when this first happens, when the first pieces of the foundation of the temple are laid, how do people react? you recall? You can read it here. You can read it in Haggai 2. You can read it in Ezra 1. Several places in Scripture it's mentioned that when they come back from captivity and start rebuilding what had been torn down, they weren't thrilled. They didn't see the way it would ever be restored to the glory it had once before. Some were weeping. Some were moaning. Some were wailing. This is going to be pitiful. This new version of the temple is never going to be as great as it was. There was, there was widespread concern. And he says, don't despise the day of small things because I promise that it's going to be completed little by little, step by step. It's going to be completed the way I want it to. You have to be patient. You have to be diligent. You have to be trusting. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says some of these things. Matthew 6, 25 through 30, Jesus says, look to the birds of the air. And Jesus says, consider the lilies of the field. And he says, when you do that, when you look to the birds of the air and you consider the lilies of the field, what I want you to do, Jesus says, is apply the eternal truths from them to your own life. And the point is this, if God cares for and takes care of those little things, like the birds and the flowers, if he makes them beautiful, Shouldn't we trust him to care for us and provide for us? Little things teach us big lessons about God. There's a few examples we could mention. This obviously won't even begin to cover all the ground we should cover. This would just be a sort of a, a little introduction to some of the things that could be thankful. But we're to be thankful for, I would suggest, small numbers. Be thankful for small numbers. Because God can do amazing things with them. In 1 Samuel chapter 14 at verse 6, Jonathan says to his armor bearer, remember Jonathan, he's jumping over mountains and going through crags and he's, he's approaching a Philistine army. And I think the armor bearer is saying, mm, this is kind of scary, kind of dicey. I don't think we should do this. But here they are, just Jonathan, just the king's son and this armor bearer. Here they are going against the Philistines. And he says this in 1 Samuel 14, 6. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. God can do amazing things with a few. And it better be the case, because remember we're told in places like Matthew 7, 13 and 14, few are on the path to righteousness and many are on the path to destruction. And so very, very often it feels like we are just absolutely outnumbered as we look at the things going on in the world, as we look at the things going on in the places around us. We can feel isolated and alone and just so outnumbered take heart 
Like Jonathan said, God can do great things, whether it's with a few or with many. Be thankful for small numbers, because at least that means there are some. There's you and a few others who care. We may feel outnumbered in the world, but if God is for us, who can be against this? Romans 8.31. Another thing would be this. Not only be thankful for small numbers, but be thankful for what we might call small people. Now, here's what I mean. Look at, at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16. Or excuse me, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. Consider your calling, brothers. You're little people. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Nope, you weren't considered the, the philosopher of philosophers. You weren't wise considering the world standards. You were little. Not many of you were powerful. You're little. Not many of you were of noble birth. You're just little. But he says, consider who God sees you to be. Consider what God has called you to do. There is no person, no body who is undeserving of hearing the gospel. And so be, be thankful for little people. Be thankful for small people. Be thankful for those who've been overlooked because every last one is worthy of hearing the life-changing, life-saving message of the gospel. We're also to be thankful not only for small numbers and small people, but for small gifts. In Mark chapter 12, at verse 42, it says that a poor widow came and put in these two small little copper coins would just equal about a penny. In other words, she gave next to nothing. But Jesus goes on to say that for her, and the way I view these things, she gave more than anyone else because she gave all she had. Jesus commends her for putting in more than anyone else into the offering box. Jesus was thankful for small gifts. John chapter 6 is one of the places where the, the feeding of the 5,000 is mentioned. In John 6 verse 9, we read about Andrew saying to Jesus that there's a boy here. Remember what he has? There's thousands that need to be fed. And the disciples are putting their heads together. How are we going to take care of this? How are we going to do just accomplish this logistically, practically speaking? How will we feed so many people? Andrew says, here's this boy with just five barley loaves and two fish. What's that to so many? Well, the Lord can turn small things into overflowing things. And that's exactly what he did here. And so the point of all this is just this. You and I can examine and see and reflect upon the fact that there are so many things for which we should be thankful and which we should be looking to do great things for God and his kingdom. He expects us and he challenges us to be thankful for little things. And that goes to this next idea that Alan read for us from uh, the Gospel of Luke. You see those, you can barely see it. They're kind of fuzzy up there at the top. See those green shoes up the top of the picture there? You know what this is, right? You ever done one of these called a trust fall? There's a person standing up much, much higher than everyone else, standing with their back to all the rest of the people, and they're supposed to just fall. And all the other people there are supposed to catch them. Do you trust your friends to catch you in this situation? Sometimes this is done at like leadership things. Businesses do this. And, uh, schools do this. Kind of trust fall. Do you trust those around you? Well, here's the question. Not can you trust the people around you. Can you be trusted? Can the people around you trust you? More, can the Lord trust you? Can your friends trust you to uh, catch you in an exercise like this? 
Can your friends trust you with their secrets? Can your friends trust your advice? Can your parents trust you to do what's right when they're not hovering over you? Can the Lord trust you? This life is a time and an opportunity to show the Lord that we can be trusted in the little things. In Luke 16, that was read just a moment ago, the Lord makes it plain, crystal clear, that He's got big expectations for us. If you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. If you're dishonest in little, you'll be dishonest in much. If you can't be trusted with certain things, if you can't be trusted with the obligations of this world, It's also a passage in Matthew 25. Matthew 25 that starts at verse 14 going to verse 30. It's the parable of the talents. You've you've read it, you've studied it, you've heard it a hundred times or more. And you know what happens. There's this this rich individual who's going to go away for a time and then come back home. And he shares what he has with his people. Parcels out the talents. Parcels out the money. And he goes away and he's expecting a return on his investment. We know there's that one who was afraid. There was that one who who hid what he had in the ground and then just gave that very thing back to his master. But the other two, it says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, and in Matthew 25, verse 23, well done, good and faithful servant. Listen to this. You've been faithful over just a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So some are entrusted with property. One squanders the opportunity is punished, but the other two are rewarded and blessed and commended because they took the little things they were given and they did something with it. Don't you see? All of us know. You've heard this so many times. Let's reiterate it now. God's blessed you with something. In your eyes, it might be so small. It might be too small in your eyes. He's blessed you with some type of a talent, some type of a skill, some type of financial blessing he's blessed you with something i can't tell you what it is you know and the lord knows and too often we say well i'm just not this enough i'm just not that enough and the lord says use what i've given you to do things for me in my kingdom i've blessed you with a little you'll be rewarded with much if you use it here's what i want you to think about for a moment is that we can go through Scripture and we can see all sorts of things that to us, just sort of in our run-of-the-mill, day-to-day lives, we might consider just, eh, just little things. Don't really matter that much. Don't really add up to that much. Don't amount to much. But some of these little things that we're going to mention here, you and I have to get it into our brains, let it sink down into our hearts, that these little things are huge to God. We'll start with this. I I can't help but think and, and start right here. The words with which we speak, Look at James chapter 3, verses 4 through 8, because this is the very illustration that God uses in James 3, 4 to 8. He says, look at the rudder of a ship. The ship's huge. The rudder's so small, so little. That little rudder guides the ship. Or he says this, huge forests can be destroyed by what starts just a little fire. In other words, the little things make a huge difference. And he uses those illustrations, the little fire, the little rudder, to talk about this, this little old mouth we've got that speaks these little old words that we speak. 
The words we speak, we might think it's so small, you might think, boy, you need to toughen up. You need a thicker skin. You need to get over it. This is the way I am. You need, you need to get over it and be more like the Lord. I need to get over it and be more like the Lord. Because he says, just like that little rudder controls the ship, just like that little fire could destroy a forest, your little words can start wars and can condemn you to hell. That's what it says. Matthew 12, 36 and 47. Matthew 12, 36 and 47. On the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless, for every little old word they speak. For by your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. We could say more, but that's enough. We need to press on. What about in Matthew chapter 6? I want you to note this. Matthew 6, 1 through 18, Jesus mentions three things. Giving, praying, and fasting. And we know that he's addressing these things in the little slash big comparison because he says you should do your giving and your praying and your fasting in solitude, as it were. Not making a big production out of it. Not blowing trumpets, not letting people see and hear and know, but it's just between you and God. It's little. He says, but it makes all the difference in the world. How we handle these things can mean the difference between enjoying and receiving divine blessings or missing out on them. And there's also this. The Lord expects us to be humble. Matthew 23, verses 11 and 12, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled by God, as it were. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted by God. He expects us to be humble in the way we interact with others. Seems so small, but it's so huge. And then, there, of course, there's this. The Scripture says so much about being kind. Matthew 10, 42 speaks of giving water to one of these little ones. If you do that, you give it to me. Matthew 25, verse 35. I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Little things, a visit, a contact, a meal, a coat, little. And Jesus, they say to Jesus, when did we ever do that? We never gave you any of those things, Lord. Jesus' response in Matthew 25, verse 40 is, truly I say to you, when you did it to the least of one of my brothers, you did it to me. The Lord expects us. The Lord actually is, is counting on us to be those who are trusted with little things, to do great things with them. God is trusting us to use these little things of this world, to use the little things of our lives to glorify Him and bring others to Him. The question is this, can we be trusted? He said, I've given you this time and opportunity. I've given you these blessings of, of wealth and intellect and ability. I've given you all these things. What are you doing with them? Stop acting like they're small and recognize that I expect much. And that brings us to this last thing. Because not only should we be thankful, not only does the Lord expect us to be trusted with what He's given us, but you and I should be humbled. We should be blown away by the God of little things. This is what I mean by that. Think about a time and surely in one of these situations, you've been in one of these spots at least. Think about a time where you've stood on a mountain somewhere. You know, one of those places where you're able to just look out in what feels like an unending amount of miles in any direction. 
Think about a time where maybe you stood at a, at a cliff. Think about a time where maybe you stood at a gorge. Think about a time where maybe you were on a, a beach or a seashore. You know how you can stand there at the edge of the sea in just the right spot where the water goes out and comes in, and if you stand there long enough, the sand's going to start to cover up your feet, right? You just stand there in one spot, you'll be covered up in a minute. When you look out, you feel like you can look for forever where the, the sea and the sky finally do meet. When you're in any of those kinds of places on a mountain, at a seashore, whatever it might be, when you're looking from those vantage points, everything looks huge. The world looks limitless. The world looks unending. The world dwarfs us when we stand in places like that. It literally should cause us to feel a sense of awe because that's just so big. It's just so matchless. It's so incredible. But in those moments, here's what I want you to remember, and I think this is what the Lord wants you to remember. When you stand on the mountaintop and you feel small, when you stand at the edge of the ocean and you feel small, remember that that scene, that spot is so little to God. It's so small to Him. That, ought to get, that makes my heart stop just right now saying, and I've, I've practiced this, and it makes me think about it right now. That when I stand on a mountaintop and I'm just driven to praise of how great God is, He looks at that and says, that is small. Because He's the very one that can speak things into existence. Kingdoms, worlds, galaxies, planets. He can just speak them into existence. I want you to know, I've got 2 Kings 3.18 here on the screen in front of you. In 2 Kings 3.18, Elisha says to the king of Israel, note this, this is a light thing. This is a very simple and small matter in the sight of the Lord. What is, Elisha? What's a light thing to God? What's a small thing to God? Well, God's going to miraculously fill up riverbeds that have been dry, and He's not going to use rain. He's not going to use wind. Right? You know, we've seen all this devastation now in the southeast and things that have been happening in this country and when these storms come blowing in, we're not surprised to see certain things, certain water levels go up, right? But what if there was just a dry, empty riverbed out there that one day you know is completely bone dry and you know it hasn't rained, you know there's been no special storm come in, and the next day there's so much water it can feed your animals? God says, yeah, I can do that, and that's super small to me. That's a small thing to me. He also says in that same passage, 2 Kings 3, I can destroy enemies, I can set up kingdoms and destroy kingdoms. That's a small thing to me. I can give you great victories. I can give you great losses. That's a small thing to me. That's an easy thing for me. 2 Samuel chapter 7 at verse 19. David says, says this to God. This was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord. What was? What was a small thing in the eyes of the Lord, David? Well, God could tell the future. God could establish kingdoms. God could tear down kingdoms. All of this is so little to the Lord. So when we think about war machines and powerful places, you know, Russia coming in and, and trying to do things with Ukraine and... These are all small. They're scary to us. Small to the Lord. But even more than that is the creation. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 95. Let's read this together before we quit. Psalm 95. Because this is what God says about His creation. This is what this, the psalmist, the way the psalmist praises God and we should too. The way we should be humbled by the God of little things. 
Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. This is the way that we should react when we see how powerful and big God really is and how small we really are. He says, for the Lord is a great God, not just kind and good, but huge, matchless, limitless. The Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. In His hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are His also. The sea is His. He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. In Jeremiah 32, verse 17, he says, Ha, ah, Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you, God. That's right. Small. Speak the world into existence, what God can do. Psalm 33. Uphold the world by the power of his word. Hebrews 1, verse 3. These things are small to him. And if such things like that that are beyond our power and our ability to even really can properly conceive of, if such things like that are small to God, you know how that should make a difference to us? We should be thankful that this same powerful, matchless God loves us and shows us mercy. We should trust this God in all matters. Matters that are big, matters that are small. We should trust Him in every way. Remember, a good Christian life is made up of good Christian days, which are made up of good Christian moments and choices. It's the little things. Are you thankful for the little things? Does God trust you with the little things? Are you amazed and humbled by the God of little things? He's looking for you. You know, sometimes people think, Remember the, the leper, Naaman? He was told, you want to get rid of that leprosy, what you got to do is go and wash. And he thought, 